0: So, what are your plans? Because planning matters. You know, a few weeks ago, we were preparing for our annual family vacation at the cottage. And I will tell you, my wife and I have very different techniques when it comes to packing. We plan differently. Essentially, like I'm done in five minutes. I mean, what's so difficult? Stuff some shorts. T-shirts, a swimming suit and a bag, you know, uh, do your best to remember your toothbrush. Done, right? Let's just say Deb's process is a little more involved, okay? She lays every piece of clothing out on the bed. She plans for every scenario in, in her head and then she meticulously plans accordingly, she even, get this, uses a list. Okay, She keeps this list that she's compiled over the years of things that we've used at the cottage in previous visits. And then she brings said list on vacation with us and she actually adds to it as the week goes on in case there are any scenarios that she didn't think of for next year. And here's the thing. Okay, here's the thing. I-, I poke fun at her lists and how long she takes to plan her packing while like I've got my feet up watching sports on TV until we get to the cottage. And then this is usually what it sounds like. Deb, do we have any Band-Aids? I cut my finger. Yeah, Jay, in the side pocket of my black bag. Deb, I forgot sunscreen. I thought the forecast was going to be cloudy. Do we have any sunscreen? Yeah, Jay, it's in the beach bag. Deb, it would have been great to have some music, but I didn't bring my wireless speaker. It's already outside on the dock, Jay. You get the picture. It's in those moments that I'm grateful I'm married to a wise planner because planning matters. You know what matters in the trivial things in life, like cottage weekends? but it matters even more in the important seasons of life when the stakes are higher. Planning what your post-secondary education might look like. Planning on who your future spouse might be. Planning for a wedding. Planning a parenting strategy for those kids that you just love so much. Like how are you going to raise them? planning on a career path, planning a financial strategy, planning for your retirement, planning your funeral. It seems like from the time we're born until the time that we say goodbye to this crazy world, we are constantly planning. Planning is important. And That really should not surprise us. The Bible is actually full of plans. Our God is a planning God. He planned out creation in a specific order. God made a plan of redemption for humankind after the tragedy of our fall. You know, this summer I've been reading through the book of of Exodus and I was once again struck by how specific God was in giving Moses the plan to construct the tabernacle in the wilderness that would move with them for worship. The apostle Paul prayerfully planned his missionary journeys. Jesus even planned his ministry. Have 5,000 people sit in groups of 50. That's the plan. They're about to have lunch. Hey, disciples, I'm sending you out to proclaim God's kingdom. Here's the plan. Take nothing for your journey. No staff, no bag. Guys, I'm excited to eat the Passover meal with you. Here's the plan. Go enter the city. A man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. He'll set us up in his guest room. Okay, planning matters. It matters. Because wise plans can lead to extraordinary results. And so it's important to be wise planners. Like my wife, planning for vacation and not to be an unwise planner like like me packing for vacation. But how do we do that? Right? How do we plan wisely when confronted with like the big decisions of life, when the stakes are so high, when this world, this life is so unpredictable and we feel so unqualified? How do we plan? How do we possibly be wise planners in a volatile world that loves to change even the best laid plans? Well, we look to God's word for for wisdom. Okay, we look to God's word for wisdom. So let's do that, yeah? Turn in your Bible or uh, on your device to James chapter four. We're gonna be looking at verses 13 through 17. Four verses this morning. You know, we are continuing our our move series here at Compass in the book of James, where over the summer, we've been discovering how God wants to move us, right? From just being hearers of his word into being doers of his word. How to move us from living a life in a way that might seem right to us into uh, living a life that is right to God. It just offers so much more joy and fulfillment God is moving us from operating out of our own limited wisdom to operating in in, in his unlimited wisdom. And you know, when it comes to the question of it, like, how do I make wise plans for my life? Man, do we need wisdom. You know, I love that God makes this incredible promise, right? Way back in chapter one of this book that we've been studying this summer, James writes, If any of you lacks wisdom, ask. Okay, just ask a God who gives generously to us. And in just these four short verses, James 4, 13 through 17, God comes through on his promise to provide us with wisdom. God always comes through on his promises. And in these verses, he gives us some incredible wisdom about what unwise planning looks like, but more importantly, what wise planning looks like. Okay, James puts some some beautiful gold into these four short verses. You ready for some wisdom from God? All right. So here's what I want to do using the text. Here's what I want to do. Firstly, I want to paint a picture of someone we will call the unwise planner. Okay, if it's helpful, you can picture me packing for vacation. No, please, please don't. Okay, and then I want to paint a picture of someone we will call the wise planner. Okay, the unwise planner and the wise planner. Here we go. The unwise planner thinks they are in control, but the wise planner knows that God is in control. Look at verses 13 and 14. It says, Now listen. You who say today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. James is using an illustration here that people would have easily understood even back in the first century. It was very common in the Roman Empire for people to travel on business trips to buy and sell. And James says, you say, today or tomorrow, we will go. Will you? Will you really? Like, how do you know you'll go? You make these plans like you are in control of the future, but you don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. Guess what? You aren't in control. You know, I love the story of Haman back in the book of Esther, here's this powerful and influential guy, the prime minister of the Persian empire who thought he was in control because I'm sure everybody told him that he was in control. And so he made a plan, a terrible, evil, sinister plan to eliminate every Jew in the empire. Mass genocide, the eradication of an entire people group, more specifically God's people, and he was pretty sure that he was in control. The plan was foolproof, literally. I mean, even he had, Haman had the king's sealed decree for this plan. And do you, know, do you know what that means? If you have the king's seal on a plan, stick a fork in it because it's done. Okay, if you have the king's seal on a plan, it's actually irrevocable. But Haman would learn that life can be unpredictable sometimes and even the best laid plans can be turned upside down. And that he was not in control. Even the king wasn't in control. Change of plans, Haman, because it wasn't the Jews who ended up being eliminated. It was him. And you see, James reminds us what Haman forgot. We ain't in control. Okay? We're not driving the ship, and it's unwise to plan like we are. See, the person that James was writing about in this letter, he had a plan. In fact, a very detailed plan. Listen to it. This person knew when they were going to leave today or, or, or tomorrow, they knew their destination this city or, or that city. They even knew how long they would stay. We'll spend a year there. They knew what they were going to do while they were there. We'll carry on business. They even knew the outcome of the plan. We're going to make money. What a plan. But James is like, a year? Like, you don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow because you're not actually in control. The question if I were to tell you back in January of 2020 that in just two short months, the world would literally shut down, travel would cease, businesses, schools would close their doors, and that the world would change forever, would you have believed me? No, I wouldn't have believed myself You know, if we need proof that we aren't in control, that James is correct. I I think we have it. Okay, but we, people, we like control. Of course, it makes us feel like we actually can plan tomorrow the outcomes that we desire. Control makes us feel like we're not under somebody else's control. Okay, but James says your control, this sense of control that you have, it's an illusion. You know there's a lot of things we can't control in life. We can't control the weather. We can't control if our our flight is delayed. We can't control if we get get sick. I mean we can we can take some preventative measures, but ultimately we can't control that. And James says we can't control the outcomes of our plans. And James isn't condemning planning. He's not saying it's wrong to have a plan. He's just saying it's wrong to think that we're in control of the plan. That sometimes things out of our control bring change. Okay, to all these elaborate plans we make in life, and to be a wise planner, we must be just open to that reality that plans change and we're not in control. See, here's what happens when we plan like like we're in control. We can become proud thinking that our plan is like the only possible solution. We can become rigid and like unflexible, unwilling to waver. We can can become unopened to new possibilities and we can actually forfeit better plans. And we can get really anxious and disappointed when our plans fail. You know, boxer Mike Tyson once said, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. (laughs) And what Iron Mike was saying in his own special way is that sometimes our plans come up against resistance, things that we did not expect. And when that happens and we realize that our plan just got punched in the mouth, when life changes our plans, what then? How do we react? You see, we think we're in control until we're not in control. And then we know it. See, conversely, the wise planner knows that God is in control. Look down at verse 15. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. Okay. if it's the lord's will we'll live and do this or that proverbs 16:9 reaffirms this truth that james is telling us when it says in their hearts humans plan their course but the lord establishes their steps god is in control think of that imagery right we all plan this course for our lives in our hearts we have these dreams we have these desires this this picture of of how we plan to see our life turn out, this this course. But really, that's all it is. It's a course, it's a plan, it's a map, it's our own picture. But it's actually God who ultimately controls where we walk. And see, the wise planner understands this. They say, if it's the Lord's will, not not my will, like God, you know the picture. In my heart, you know the dreams I have for my life. You know my, my, for my career and my family, but th- that's my plan. That's my course, but I'm not in control. You control my steps, God. And because you are in control, I surrender my plans to you. See, That's a wise way to plan. Here's why. That's a wise way to plan because rather than keeping us rigid, it keeps us flexible. It keeps us humble. It's a wise way to plan because rather than keeping us limited, it opens up possibilities as we actually surrender our plans to the one who is able to do exceedingly more than we could ever ask or imagine. And it's a wise plan because we can plan with confidence. Okay, how many of us have ever made a plan about, about something and like we just weren't too sure? Right? I think we've all been there. We make a plan and we're like, okay, this is the plan, but like, I don't know. I guess like cross your fingers and, and your toes while you're at it. And hopefully the plan works. We formed a plan, but we're, we're anxious about the outcome, we have zero confidence. Well, the wise planner can be confident because they've surrendered their plans to the God who is in control. You know, I love that Proverbs 69 says, the Lord establishes our steps. That word establish means fixed, sure, settled, right? This thing is settled when we give over control of our plans to God, when when we make our plans and then we say, if it's the Lord's will, God, I'd love this to happen, but above all, I'd love your will to happen. We can be confident. We can be confident. We don't have to cross our fingers and toes because we just put our plans into the hands of the God who holds the universe in place. They are fixed. They are sure. They are established. See, God is not anxious about the plans or the outcomes that he makes. You know, we're walking through this a little bit in in our house right now. Our daughter is going into a second year university at the University of Toronto. And like many students, she was forced to study from home last year, her first year online. And and she, she had plans Right? She had plans to live in residence, to study at U of T. Instead, she lived with mom and dad and studied at U of, of Bedroom in Shelburne. Not what she had planned. And like this year, like we just don't know. We don't know. There's actually more questions than answers still. She's applied for residence again, but second year students aren't guaranteed. So she's not sure she's going to be living there. She's not sure if she's going to be studying online from home because uh, first semester at least is going to be online again. She doesn't know. And much like her mom, my daughter is a planner. And let's just say that starting another semester at home was not in her plans. She had a course. She had a map. She had a plan for her education, and it didn't look like this. You know, I know many students are experiencing the same situation. And so we've been journeying with her and reminding her that God is in control. That God knows her desires. He knows her dreams, her plans, and he has the best one for her. Whatever happens, she can be confident that God will establish her steps. And so she can walk confidently because his plans for her are good. And they are settled and sure and fixed, established. And, you know, I'm I'm really proud of how she's processing this situation as she's been surrendering her plans to God. If If it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. The wise planner knows that God is in control. Okay, Back to the unwise planner. The unwise planner makes only temporal plans, but the wise planner makes eternal plans. Let me explain. Look at verse 14. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. James says that life is short. Life is short, so plan accordingly. Psalm 144, 4 describes our lives like this. It says, man is like a breath. His days are like a passing shadow. You know, I hate to be a downer and I've never really been great at math, but the math is pretty simple. I have less days remaining today than I did yesterday. And so do you. And James is reminding us that life is short and that should have implications on how we make plans. Psalm 90, 12 says, so teach us to number our days. Teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Okay, there's a wisdom in understanding that life is short so every moment is precious. Life is short, man. And the older I get, the more I realize that fact. And so we need to remember that so we can plan wisely. See, the unwise planner plans like they're immortal. Like life is just going to keep going on and on and on. They don't see themselves like James does, a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. They they see themselves more like a waterfall that's just going to keep flowing. And so they plan that way, right? There's no urgency To life's decisions. I mean, they don't number their days. And so often their plans never come to fruition. You know, I've made this plan, I had the best of intentions, but yeah, I've just never acted on the plan. You know, there's always tomorrow. Only to discover that sometimes there isn't tomorrow. And those dreams and those plans go unfulfilled, the mist. Vanished. Listen, how might the plans that you have for your life right now alter if you knew that you only had six months to live? You know, I bet you your plans would change. How much more intentional would you be? How much more would your plans be based on relationships and time with your loved ones and your relationship with God other than like money and career? How would you prioritize your plans differently? If you saw that life was like a vapor, how would your spiritual plans for your life change if you you knew that you only had six months to influence other people's lives for the kingdom of God? Like how would you live differently now knowing that eternity was at stake? Would you plan differently how you invested your time and your treasure and your heart knowing that your days were short in this life and you were were about to enter the eternity of the next life? You see, a wise planner understands that life is short and so they plan accordingly. A wise planner is planning for eternity now. When he or she makes their plans, they aren't just thinking, like, what difference will this make now? They're thinking life is short. What difference will this plan make in eternity? See, when we number our days, we will live more purposefully, more intentionally. We will love more passionately. And we will plan more wisely. And our plans won't won't just end when our lives end. Our plans will actually leave a lasting legacy. See, planning with your tomorrow in mind is fine, is good. Planning for next year is even better. Nothing nothing wrong with a five-year plan. Nothing wrong with that. Planning for your retirement is helpful, but planning for eternity? That's wise. Life is short, so plan accordingly. Okay, finally, the unwise planner is arrogant, but the wise planner is humble. You know, in my Bible, I'm not sure what yours says, but the header on these four verses in James actually says, boasting about tomorrow. Boasting about tomorrow, that's the theme of this text. The unwise planner is arrogant in how they plan, and the wise planner is humble. Okay, look at the final two verses, 16 and 17. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is a sin for them. James is basically saying to plan your life in a manner that leaves God out of the equation is empty and you will miss out. To plan like you're going to live forever is foolish. To make plans without like praying about them first and surrendering them to God, like not my will, but yours, God, like that borders on arrogance. To make plans and to plan like you are in control instead of God is, is just... Is just boasting. It's actually sinful because you're putting yourself in the place of God. He's in control, not you. That's unwise. You know, the the times that we're living in should serve as a great lesson for all of us. Nothing Nothing of what we plan for ourselves is certain. In a moment an invisible virus can take everything that we've planned and turn it on its head. We aren't in control. You know, the the season that we've been journeying through, it, it ought to have humbled us when it comes to planning. It ought to have done that. And you know, I think the greatest danger of what we've been journeying through over the past many months isn't just the circumstances. I think the greatest danger is actually missing out on the lessons that the circumstances have taught us. And one of the most important lessons is that we should plan humbly. We should plan humbly because life can change in a moment. We should hold on to our plans loosely knowing that he is God and we are not. You know, Billy Graham once said this. He once said, instead of asking God to bless your plans, instead, ask him to show you his plans and then pray for the strength to follow them because God's plans are already blessed. That is a humble approach to planning. So what I'd like to do is get really practical. As we end our time together, I'd like to get really practical. I'd like to end today by, by doing that, by humbling ourselves before God in prayer. So what I want you to do is I want you to think for a moment of, of something that you're planning for, for your life. Something like big, not what your dinner plans are tonight, but like a dream. An ambition, a vision, a course, something that's important to you. You know, maybe it's something that you've been planning for a very long time. And and then using what James has taught us about the wise planner, let's bring those plans before God and submit them to him. In prayer, let's place our plans into God's hands. You know, you might even want to like like just open your hands. It's like a sign of submission to God, like a physical expression of your spiritual desire to say, if it's the Lord's will, God, I surrender my plans to you. And that might seem risky, but I guarantee you, you can trust God. You can trust God more than you can trust yourself, more than you can trust your plans. We can trust that he is good. We can trust that he loves us more than anyone and that there is no better place to put our plans than into the hands of God. Would you be willing to do that with me today? Let's pray. Father, we we come to you now with our plans. And we come to you because we want to be wise planners. We come to you because we know that we are not in control. But that you control all things. God, you control all things. You control the changing seasons. You control day and night. You control the moon, the stars, the sun. And you control our today, our tomorrow, and our eternity. And so we place our plans into your hands and we trust you with them. God, if our plans are not your plans, if they are too temporal, too selfish, we pray that you will show us how to make them eternally significant. God, if our plans are too small, We pray for faith to plan bigger. We take the limits off of our plans as we place them into your limitless hands. And God, we do this humbly today. Forgive forgive us if we've made plans in arrogance. We, We pray for the plans we will make during this next season, God, in this new season, as individuals, as families, and as a church here at Compass. And God, we ask not that you would bless our plans, but that we would discover your plans. Your plans of hope and a future. God, the plans you have for the abundant life that you have called us to and the plans that will bring you the most glory. Thanks, Lord. Amen.